0: Welcome to Top Stories, I am Andy Zaltzman, and for today's Delve into the Bugle Archives, we go back to July 2008, when Europe was rolling out the red carpet for Barack Obama, the soon-to-be president's blossoming love affair with the media, was keeping me and John Oliver very much entertained.
1: Top Story this week, and Barack Obama. He has been capturing all of the headlines, including some headlines of the McCain campaign, complaining about how many headlines he's been getting. (laughs) It seems to be the only way the McCain campaign can get any media traction at the moment. Uh, They've accused the media of having a crush on the Obama campaign and the media responded by blushing, looking at their feet and saying, oh no, no way, no, I mean we don't even like him, why, what have you heard, did he say anything about us? Because if we, he did, we definitely don't care. He's such a loser. It did seem to cross the line at one point this week when there was obsessive speculation, on his visiting the gym three times in one day. The Associated Press said, sometimes it's hard to tell if Barack Obama is running for President of the United States or Mr Universe. That's not reportage, it's borderline porn. The Democratic candidate surveyed the room and approached the podium, which thrust proudly up from the floor, his firm chest heaving beneath his cool charcoal suit. A single bead of sweat trickled down the back of his lithe neck, as in a low, insistent voice, he began to talk about the importance of long-term fiscal responsibility. There needs to be a parental guidance system for some of this coverage. Because children should not be seeing this. Reporters standing up in the middle of the room saying, I have a question for you, Senator Obama, and my question is this. Damn! <laughs> Does this suggest that
0: standards at the Mr Universe competition are falling as well? Because he's quite skinny, isn't he? Yeah. You know, my picture of Mr Universe, and certainly what I want from my Mr Universe, <laughs> is someone who has clearly been threatening their own lives with steroids for at least That's ten right. years. <laughs>
1: It just showed that the ban on steroids has taken all the fun out of Mr Universe. (laughs) We're going to have to completely change our perceptions of what a universe man should be. There's only one way, Andy, to decide whether this relationship between Obama and the media is real, and that is by calculating how well-matched they are. Uh, So last night, I went to the lovecalculator.com, where apparently a man called Dr Love can analyse compatibility from just the input of the names involved. So I typed in Barack Obama and the media... (laughs) And Dr. Love came back with these results. Apparently, they're only 57% suited to each other. Here is Dr. Love's in-depth analysis. He says, Dr. Love thinks that a relationship between the media and Barack Obama has a reasonable chance of working out, but on the other hand, it might not. (laughs) Dr. Love hedging his bets there. Well, I think what we
0: can uh, draw from that, John, is that uh, Ken and Ethel Love, Dr. Love's parents, are... Really regretting spending so much money putting him through six years of medical school.
1: (laughs) And uh, in the interest of balance, I should also tell you, it turns out John McCain also has exactly 57% compatibility with the media. This could be the closest election yet. It could once again all come down to Florida, with whom they are also, incidentally, both exactly 72% matched. (laughs) Uh, Obama, of course, is winning the fundraising
0: contest at the moment. He's currently raised something like $860 trillion of funding or something like that. And it proves, John, that you can't win the election if you
1: don't buy the most expensive possible tickets. I mean, he's ahead in fundraising. He's actually behind in total money. He raised $52 million the last month, uh, meaning that he and the uh, DNC have $92 million in the bank, but that's still not enough to make him the financial front, rather. Uh, John McCain raised $22 million, but he and the Republicans now have $95 million in the bank. That is far too much money. <laughs> Both of them. And yet, that's still not enough money to buy the latest Donald Trump property, which he sold this week to a Russian oligarch in Palm Beach, Florida, for $95.6 million. Trump, the classiest cartoon tycoon in the world, has broken the record for the most expensive home in American history. And imagine living in a house, Andy, that costs more than running for President of the United States. (laughs) That must be some house. I bet it's even got a garden. Could he not buy the White House for that? Yeah, but the uh, the White House doesn't have a penis-shaped pool. <laughs> well, it does, but it's indoor. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's modelled on um, Grover Cleveland's tar- wang. <laughs> Proud of yourself?
0: <sighs> no, but I think what we can draw from that uh, comment is uh, that Mr and Mrs Zach and Alison Zaltzman are probably wondering why they spent so much money putting their son Andy through expensive education. <laughs> The Obama campaign has also got stroppy with the New Yorker magazine uh, for its front cover, which had a cartoon depicting him as a Muslim and his wife as a terrorist. In their defence, the New Yorker say no smoke without fire, and also that it was just a joke. But, of course, some fundamentalist Obama supporters, John, believe that he should never be pictorially represented, and certainly not in a cartoon, (laughs) and that we need to have more respect. (laughs) Uh, In the interest of editorial balance, well, they should have done another front cover of... um, John and Cindy McCain dressed as druids sacrificing a child. <laughs> which, which is a fact. They do that every weekend. How do you think she looks so young? The New Yorker defend themselves by saying they were trying to satirise some of the myths about uh, Obama. And sometimes it is hard to differentiate the myths from the reality with this, this man, John. So here's an effort to clear up some of the confusion about Obama's background. Uh, Barack Obama was born as one of the twin sons of a Vestal Virgin and Mars, the god of war, but before being suckled and raised by wolves alongside his brother Nigel. He and Nigel later founded the city of Honolulu, before Barack <laughs> slew Nigel with his own bare hands after he acted like a bit of a dick about who was in charge of the new city, which would one day rule the entire known world, leaving Barack as undisputed ruler and founder of the United States of America. So I hope that clears it up. That is, that is a fact. There
1: there are going to be right-wing <clears throat> pressure groups that are going to be picking up on your rumours about Barack <laughs> slewing Nigel. That's <laughs> going to be all over the blogs. He's just eerily quiet about Nigel, isn't he? You never hear him
0: mention Nigel Obama. How close are we getting to the vice presidential selection, John? I'm literally on the edge of my seat. Is that to do with the vice presidential <laughs> situation, or are you just about to get up? No, I've just got a cobra sitting behind me. Well, There's been a bit of an infestation in London in the last couple of weeks. All right, so it's an infestation. It's not just for your posture. <laughs> no, no, it does help, though. It does help. Very difficult choice, uh, choosing your vice president. I guess there are a number of qualities that you're looking for if you uh, ever find yourself trying to pick a vice president. Ideally your vice president should have no ambitions to actually be president. I mean, the last thing you need as leader of the free world is to go on a team-bonding weekend and have your deputy goading you to swim across a crocodile-infested swamp or to jump a burning motorcycle over a bus full of cows or to eat undercooked chicken. And I think maybe there's... uh, Obama should maybe look outside the traditional field of politics because then you tend to end up getting a politician to do it. I think there's a number of uh, possible options that he should consider. One, Derek Jeter... The opinion-splitting oh, New York Yankees shortstop. I guess on the minus side, you know, he might cost Obama the votes of uh, Mets and Red Sox fans. But on the plus side, he is Mr. October, John. That's, he's Mr. October! <laughs> and that could prove really useful in the, in the run-up to the, uh, to the poll in early November.
1: And he should also use that name rather than Derek Tito. He should <laughs> yeah. be Vice President October.
0: <laughs> Another alternative is Hugo Chavez. The bewailer from Venezuela. Might not be popular with many in the US, but he loves the cameras. And getting him onside and in the team might be the best way to shut him up. (laughs) Another option, Janis Joplin. The late 60s soul diva with the nuclear-powered vocals may have died in 1970, but she is a woman, and that's good, and would be something genuinely different in the stuffy corridors of Washington. On the plus side, she could belt out controversial policies at incredible and distracting volume, but still with feeling and soul. On
1: the minus side... She's dead. Well, she'll also be the first dead woman vice president in American history.
0: Yep, since Lyndon Johnson. So we in Europe, John, and I speak on behalf of uh, this entire continent, we are all aflutter with excitement at the prospect of Obama coming to see our humble little continent. We're really excited by this. Of course, in America, it can be dangerous for a presidential candidate to be associated with Europe. Uh, John Kerry lost after being described as looking a bit French, which I think probably tells you everything you need to know about America and the American political system. It's a horrible thing to say about someone, though, Andy. Yeah, and they didn't mean that he plays spontaneously flamboyant rugby with a hidden edge of violence.
1: (laughs) Popularity in Europe is not necessarily a good thing over here in America, Andy. Um, it, It doesn't really translate In fact, it it translates into the opposite of votes in many parts of Middle America. They don't like us, Andy, the Europeans. They think we're tea-drinking, fey, elitist snobs. mccain aide quipped that, I don't know what the people in Missouri are going to think, seeing tens of thousands of Europeans screaming for the one. He later called him the foreigner's choice. Is that what got Bush in the second time, Andy? That's the only way it could make sense. Perhaps we should have tried the bluff. In Europe saying, Oh please, yes, more of him. C- can it be only be two terms? Are you sure? <laughs> we are actually hoping that Obama will be able to
0: join us live on next week's Bugle. Although when <laughs> I spoke to him this morning he did say he's a bit busy because he's supposed to be promoting himself to the continent as a viable, incredible world leader and might right. not be able to fit us in.
1: Obama is indeed beginning uh, his European tour, and the back of his tour T-shirt will feature dates in Britain, France, <laughs> Germany, Israel, Jordan, Afghanistan and Iraq, all flanked by two tigers on motorbikes. <coughs> his appearance in London, though, and is expected to be fleeting. Um, British sources said Mr Obama's advance team had made it plain that he wants to get in and out of the city as expeditiously as possible. Well, hold on. <laughs> that isn't going to make us feel very good about ourselves, is it? What an unpleasant response to an invitation. Yes, I'd love to come to your party, though I will be attempting to leave it as expeditiously as possible.
0: (laughs) That was another Top Story. Thank you once again for listening. Now, do pop over to the mothership and listen to the latest Bugle podcast. It's like Top Stories, but longer and also newer.
1: Small details are big surfaces.